Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week, we have the lovely Neve Maher on of Exploring Ireland on her Instagram account. Many of you may have seen it. Um, she has a very strong connection to nature, has beautiful videos and stories of all around Ireland, and she's here today to share her story. So, Neve, welcome. Um, would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, so I guess I've been kind of exploring Ireland for the last um, 10 years or so. Um, I used to travel further afield, but I wanted to get more connected with my back my back garden, where I'm from. Um, just the country has so much to offer that people tend to take for granted. So I wanted to get out and start exploring that. Um, and then... I think seven years ago, uh, I was working busy all the time, working like late hours, wasn't taking time to eat, never mind, get outdoors really. And eventually on the way back from a surf trip in La Hinch, I, um, I had my first hemiplegic migraine, which mimics a stroke. So obviously there was a lot of panic involved in the first one, um, a lot of hospital visits and things like that. Um, eventually it led to me being um, housebound for a year and a half, which kind of set me to setting up the Instagram account as kind of my inspiration and encouragement uh, to try and get back outdoors, a bit of escapism while I was kind of plastered to the couch um and thankfully since then I have managed to get back out walking hiking sea swimming um nature I put as a massive massive part of my recovery so far and yeah I'm just trying to encourage people to get out there and you know em <laughs> embrace what's around you really yeah well thank you so much for sharing um Definitely, I think nature is part of our mental health and well-being. Um, and I even, I even know for myself, if I miss like a day or two, well, I usually don't. But if I do for some reason, I'm like oh, totally imbalanced completely, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely is necessary. And would you think that before that occurred for you, did you feel a bit more disconnected from nature? How, were you putting time in for nature time before that? So before then, um, day to day, had absolutely no time to kind of really get out. Um, myself and my now husband, Joe, uh, we would schedule in probably every three weeks, um, a weekend down in La Hinge to go surfing. And basically we were just living for those weekends. And when we went down to La Hinch, we would surf for probably six hours of the weekend and we'd be out hiking or sitting on the beach. And it was just totally immersed in nature for the, for that weekend. And then back to the chaos when we moved, when we'd come back up home. Um, so yeah, it was very much a disconnect at that time. Um, I was working, I was living in an apartment block and then working in an industrial estate. So <laughs> I wasn't seeing much green, never mind the sea. <laughs> mm. And I'd say your story is familiar for so many because it does end up being like that. You're running around, your responsibilities just keep growing. Then if people have kids, there's just so much more going on. And then we're working and living in environments that don't have nature at the forefront, you know, like. Even like I remember working in an office and I'd try and like put plants all around the computer or taking my breaks outside, you know, it's like what it's like, why do we get used to the disconnect? Like how do we survive in that for so long? Yeah. Do you under like do you know how you survived in it for so long? How did you keep a hold? Well, I could see I, I knew there was definitely a disturbance going on. Like I didn't I didn't feel fully myself and 
honestly, there was a lot of things I probably ignored that I shouldn't have, like just feeling kind of more run down and um, and things like that. So honestly, in a way, I, I, I look at getting sick as a blessing in disguise because it has made me focus more on the kind of the smaller things, um, less focused on on things that just don't really matter um and just appreciating nature and just time doing nothing mm. um it was very rare that i would have any downtime um i'd be working late and then i'd if anyone asked me to go to anything i'd be there um so now I I I kind of I build it in to my life to my to my day to day. So, um, yeah, I just try and make sure that I get either a bit of downtime time outdoors every day, and I get in the get in the sea as much as I can. Haven't been in a couple of weeks, so I'm absolutely panicking on how cold it's going to have gotten now because <laughs> we're planning on going down tomorrow morning. I'd say it's probably dropped a good few degrees since we were last in so <laughs> it's <laughs> not probably, bad. probably be some squeals out of me yeah everyone's been putting up recently like oh winter's hit I'm like but it'll be grand I've swam through all for, through the last few winters it'll be fine just be a bit of a shocker yeah. for one swim <laughs> be yeah. Grand. yeah 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 um I had that coming back from Spain like because I was like oh this water's cold <laughs> <laughs> um but it was fine and um, you've read about, have you read about all the brown fat studies and stuff or? No. Oh, with to do with the sea swimming? Cold, yeah, the cold swimming, yeah. Yeah, I've read up on on, on bits of it, but um, I think the, the area that I've kind of focused on is with the, the vagus nerve. Yeah. Um what actually got me sea swimming was uh, I had seen a documentary with a girl. Um, was it a hundred days of vitamin C? Mm. So she has chronic migraine. No, no medications worked for her. And she did a hundred days of wild swimming. And I think she more than halved the number of migraines that she was getting wow. in that space of time. So I was just like, <laughs> heard about that and went, right, Joe, come on. <laughs> We're flinging ourselves in. <laughs> um, and yeah, from from then, yeah, we haven't looked back. But um, yeah, what what would the 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 brown fat? So that's to do with um, the body and insulation and metabolism. So mm. they say it accumulates on the back or something. I guess it's like an animal, like a bear. You know, like you get you build this intolerance to the cold so your back that brown fat heats faster it's more, more like an insulating layer you know so when you get yeah. that cold the regular fat wouldn't warm as fast you know yeah yeah something like that <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> it's meant to be better fat you know yeah 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 um yeah it's interesting um, and would you say like as a young girl when you were growing up like did you spend a lot of time outside or did you grow up kind of in the um, where did you grow up or? so I, I grew up in in Dublin but um, I would have been the girl that was out climbing trees and all that kind of thing mucking in playing sport and spent my summers uh, down in Curraclow in Wexford so on the beach there in and out of the sea the whole time. So I think it was kind of more so my late teens, early twenties when I went to college and started working that there a bit of a disconnect grew there. But um, yeah, I would have absolutely been coming in covered in mud mm -hmm. <laughs> all the time, the whole way through my childhood. Absolutely loved being outdoors. Um, so it's actually really nice to kind of be getting back to to that side of myself. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that probably never really, never really left. It was just kind of quietened down for a little while, but yeah, uh, yeah kind of feels like I'm kind of, you know, back to 
my true self, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that reconnection. I find that like with the sea swim or anything in nature, like we're constantly moving away from who we really are. Like we're constantly moving away in our head to other thoughts and other kind of um, stresses. And like it's constant moving away. And then the minute you go for the swim, I, I find like it's like these injections, like you go for the swim or you go out into the grass or whatever, the forest, and then you just come back again. And you're like, oh, this is who I am. Thank you. You know, it's like it's like we're constantly moving in and out, in and out, in and out, you know? Yeah. And it's even, um, you know, when you meet people and one of the first questions that everyone asks is like, what do you what do you do? Mm. What's your job? Yeah. Those kind of things. And then. You know, if you if you go jump in the sea and there's other people there, it doesn't matter what what job you are, what you do, where you live, anything like that. Yeah. You're 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 equally as as bare and going into the yes. facing the same elements. It's yeah, it just kind of strips you back to yeah, back to reality, back to what you really are. Mm. And I guess it's kind of like in one way it makes us feel comfortable kind of being like, oh, what what do you do like? You know, because like it's like one of the first questions and I actually remember like when I went traveling on the big trip and I never, I didn't have a job, you know, like I left and I actually got real kick out of people asking me because they'd be like, what do you do? And I'd be like, nothing. <laughs> and like for a couple of minutes, they'd kind of be looking at me like, I don't really understand you, you know? <laughs> So I, was I don't around, know what to do with that. <laughs> I was going around Texas, like, and they'd be like, what you do? Like, and I was like, oh, I just kind of wander around with my bag and stuff, you know, and they really, it made them really uncomfortable. Like, you know, they were so uncomfortable. Yeah. They didn't know what to say to me, you know. They're like, well, yeah. where are you going? And I was like, I don't know, like, I'll see, you know. And but what? You know, like, I said, there was no plan. There was no identity that they could, you know, it was just. Latch on to, Yeah. I guess it's what we try and do. And then like, even when I returned home, like everybody's always like, what do you do? And like, I'd no, I still had no answer. And it was so uncomfortable for me, you know? Yeah, because yeah. That's, that's, it's like what we kind of, we have that expectation, oh, they must do something. Like, how do they live, you know? Yeah, it was kind of way less exciting version of it. But when I was off, uh, when I was off sick, um, anytime I actually met up with my friends, everyone was going, so when are you back in work? Are you back in work soon? And I kind of go, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Knowing full well that it wasn't happening anytime soon, but it was just kind of like, you know, you come come out with the, the response to try and uh, make other people feel comfortable. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, totally get it. But I'd say that going around saying nothing, I'm, just, I'm wandering around, must have been so freeing. <laughs> And just watching people squirm. <laughs> it's just funny, you know. Um, it teaches you a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I found in, like, in Asia and some rich countries, like, they're totally... Some some people were just kind of identified with status and money. And, yeah. like, one of the first... They'd nearly be asking you what you're earning, like, straight away. And I would just be like, huh? You know, like I, I, I just want to be seen for me. You know, yeah. I don't want to be seen for my job title or I almost didn't want to say what I did, you know, or, you know, I definitely, I don't know. It was just a bit awkward, you know, because there's all this certain cultures you go away and like some, some places they class you according to your looks and some places they class you according to your job and your money. And it's just yeah. all, even your skin color, you know sure you know you're sort of traveling and like it's like when can we be just accepted for us just being yeah. us normal you know yeah I think that's one of the bigger shifts that I've had and I've seen other people have is uh getting out of the state of constantly being busy trying to be busy and trying to emphasize to everyone else how busy you are yeah it's just the oh this is what I do and this is how how hectic it is and I I, I need to prove myself by how frantic I am <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but I think um yeah now myself I'm like 
much more comfortable when people are going, oh, we're going here, we're going here. What are you doing? I'm actually just going to go potter on the beach for a while and then I'll yeah. see what I'll do after that. Because <laughs> there's actually magnificence all around us. Like I know I've traveled and you've traveled and I know there are amazing places, but like even on our back door, like you sit down with a little ant colony for half an hour and your mind would be blown like. Yeah. You know what I mean, like there's, ma- oh. there's beauty and all everywhere even in our little even if we have a tiny garden or whatever it's all there like it's just we have to open our eyes you know yeah I could I could lose hours to just pottering around the the back garden just having a look at what's out there um when we just moved uh we moved house earlier this year and uh we just let the garden go wild for the summer just to see what was there and we were both just in awe of the amount of different plants, different creatures, everything that was there. But, you know, there's the expectation to have everything really manicured and it just doesn't give any of the, those those things a chance Yeah, to come out. Like friends were coming over and there's like, there's so much activity in your garden. There's so many like bees and birds and everything I'm like, because we just we gave it back to nature for for a while, you know. And honestly, we just used to spend hours sitting in the garden over the summer just just watching the birds come in and out and watching the pollinators going around. Like we didn't have to go to the other side of the world, never mind the other side of the country to see something. We we're just yeah pattering out the back. That was like one of the big things that I was hoping for when we were looking for a house was just have that little patch of nature right there that we could mm. embrace. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I love the part where you say we gave it back to nature. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah like... I'm happy to hear that. Our Our plan is to... We're going to plant more native plants out there and just make it as as wild and as natural a garden as as we can um yeah i i've 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 no, i've no time for a manicured garden <laughs> no oh my god like when i when i go to people's places and i see them and they're like i'm like what this must take like and people talking about the fancy blades of grass and i'm like are you for real like do you even know what an oak tree looks like? <laughs> well, like we left, we left the grass um, for a few months there, and half of the garden was um, oh, what's it called? Is it heal all? Heal all. It's this beautiful, like purple flower. Okay, yeah. And literally half of the garden was just purple for. Oh like two or three months there it was gorgeous we had just a meadow out the back um and did that all come up you didn't seed no so we've um we've actually harvested seeds from some of them to try and uh try and recreate it in some way next year but no that, you that was th- all. you could throw them into your neighbor's gardens <laughs> Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, what would they feel like if I destroyed their blades of grass? You know, just <laughs> throwing some seeds. <laughs> I'll just go down the go down to the green that's down the road and just start just start scattering. <laughs> I know. Like imagine you look at like I'm just thinking of all the estates around the place, like and there's just grass and nobody's using the grass. Like there's nobody it'd be something if they were playing soccer on it or something, but they're not. Like they go to the soccer pitch. So like it's just like I can just put loads of flowers on it. Imagine you went bees. I'm so happy and butterflies. But I see as well that um, you are a climate ambassador. Um, What drew you to becoming, yeah, part of that program? Yeah, I guess it all kind of stems back to, again, surfing, sea swimming. Um, So when we started surfing, obviously got a bit more focused and drawn into nature but also started spotting more and more kind of 
litter and things like that winding up in the sea um hiking kind of seeing the same kind of thing um and then sea swimming because we were going so often and it was also it was in Dublin rather than in the country it was kind of intensified even more so basically I was just getting more and more aware of the impact that we were having like as a collective um so we had started adjusting our own lifestyles so moving to a more sustainable way of living ourselves switching like products that we were using um and yeah just as I was getting more aware of it like if I was speaking to my friends they'd all be kind of shocked by what I was seeing that they that they hadn't seen so it just kind of spurred me on to want to one learn more and to spread a bit more awareness um so I had heard of the climate ambassador program um and sure I just said I chuck my name in the hat and see <laughs> see what happened um and yeah so I got it got accepted into it um Unfortunately, it was during the pandemic, so I didn't actually get to meet up with anyone. I, I'm, I'm still keeping an eye on some of the meetups I might, I might attend one. But um, but yeah, it was just born out of seeing what was going on around me, getting more aware of it, and just wanting to learn more on what I could do to, to help to raise awareness to try and help others to adjust what they're doing in any way that they could now like I know that a lot of the time when you hear people talking about sustainability some of it's from kind of a a more privileged state so you can like there can be a lot of you know the trend like the kind of trendy side of it which is you know you have to spend all of this in order to be kind of quote unquote sustainable. But I think for me, it was just trying to bring it back to to basics, to having the knowledge and then using what I have till there's nothing left in it, if, if that makes sense. And yeah, just trying to encourage other people to do the same and to be aware that if you throw something away, it's never thrown away it's never gone it's just moved somewhere else if if that makes sense yeah um but yeah I think just getting that connection back with with nature just made me really focus on how much I had well not even how much we have disconnected with it and almost view it as a, a commodity rather than seeing ourselves as part of it and needing to work with it. So I just wanted, yeah, I just wanted to learn as much as I could about how to work with it rather than against it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And would you be, would you be, you mentioned... Uh, also about the nutrition part of it like would you be into foraging outdoors or like sourcing your food well from nature seasonally or how do you see all of that yeah so I would try and eat as locally and seasonally as possible so we're lucky enough to live next to Kilruddery they have a great farmer's market um down there on a Saturday on a farm shop so we'd pop down there for for veg and things like that. Um, if we are eating meat products, we would try and eat kind of nose to tail, eat the the cheaper, less popular cuts, so that you know, if we're eating meat, it's not all sirloin steak. It's like if if an animal has to be involved, it's you know. I don't know how to phrase this without sounding like monstrous, if that makes sense. But, you know, it's not, it's reducing the amount of waste, the level of waste that's involved. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we've done some foraging uh, courses. I'm not fully brave enough to go out myself, um, but we've used a lot of the stuff that's in the garden. So, for example, the heel all I was saying, um, I cut a load of that. I might be I'd make tea out of that. Um, we grow a lot of our own uh, herbs out in the garden. We had an allotment. Um, so we were growing all of our own veg for a few years there. We um, we stopped it just while we were looking for the new house because we didn't know if we'd wind up living anywhere near it. <laughs> so the plan is to start growing a growing veg out in the garden now and uh, next year. Um, but yeah, like we've we had brambles, the brambles took over. So uh, I was picking blackberries and putting them in my porridge for for the last few months um but it's definitely made me a lot more aware of what I what I eat because I like before I got sick um I basically was living off coffee and then I'd get in in the evening and I'd be too tired to cook so I just put on any anything that was in the freezer any out processed stuff so like I wasn't really getting any much nutrition at all. Um, Mm. And since switching to um, a more whole foods and local, locally sourced diet, um, like my body's responded brilliantly to it. Um, Like now if I have any sort of like if I have something that's high sugar or overly processed my body will know like it'll tell me like for a few days afterwards I'll 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 feel it um did you find as well like would your partner react that way too like did you find that the more sensitive you got or the more sorry what I'm trying to say is the more, I suppose, cleaner eating, the more sensitive your body became to not so clean stuff. Because sometimes like you could be at a party and I see this with other people and some people react, some people don't. And I'm like, is it because they don't eat clean all the time? Or, you know, how did you find that? Yeah, I mean, like I'm not, I'm not saintly all the time by any means, but, um, but yeah, he like, uh, Joe would notice as well like he'd he'd start feeling a bit off if if we've kind of if we've eaten out or anything like that like a couple of times um I don't know my body just starts to feel sluggish and um yeah yeah it's just a bit of a a disturbance there I guess mm-hmm. um whereas you know I'm I'm actually really excited now that the weather has changed that I get to whip out the slow cooker and you know, making all that kind of real just deep flavors and just really nutrient rich, just food that's just good for you. Yeah. You know, you feel better after eating it. Um and uh yeah, we've just become more conscious of where we're getting our food. So um we sponsored a hive. Is it hive mind? I think the company's called. Yeah. So we sponsored a beehive and we just our our jars of honey just got delivered there last week. Mm. So that'll keep us going for, for a few months. Um but it's just doing small things like that that I don't know, it makes a difference to how my body is, but it's also kind of making a difference beyond that because you're supporting local farmers local companies and especially like if you can like obviously um supporting the ones that are have the same views and perspective as you do and they kind of respect the nature and the world around them rather than doing kind of intensive farming which is just stripping everything back stripping away the nutrients in the soil and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and yeah. how did you how did you come about to i suppose choosing to sponsor hive um so we started um really like focusing on and using local honey 
um, because my husband has um, hay fever. Mm. So um, he was taking antihistamines like every day and we decided to try and get rid of that and kind of go down a more natural route. So we started using um, local honeys. um, uh, What's Ollie's farm? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he has a load of ones that are like very nearby where we where we live. And basically, as soon as Joe started taking a teaspoon of local honey each day, he hasn't had to take an antihistamine since. Mm. Um, you go to bees. <laughs> so he like, yeah, he hasn't had, had to take any antihistamine. So basically just kind of got into our day to day. Um life are like what I'd have honey in my in my porridge most days or like this <laughs> hot honey lemon and ginger in my cup here mm, um yummy but yeah it was just kind of how could we support from the very source like um and Joe came across hive mind and we've kind of gone from there we I think we had sponsored a quarter of a hive uh, the first time and it's just it's been growing <laughs> every each season we just we go a bit a bit more in and then we start handing out the some of the honey to to friends and family as well if we're not getting through it so um but yeah you'll always get through it <laughs> oh yeah I mean I do I've like I've like well I've kind of like stashes you know but <laughs> special honeys I have them hidden away but like yeah it's funny I had a it's couple because you can taste the difference. Oh, it's phenomenal! Like I've all different, even from different areas. I've like I had hives down by a beach, um, and the the honey I got out of that hive. Like I don't know where those bees foraging on stuff, um, near the cliffs or where they were going, but the honey is even completely different to the farm honey that where like I am, and that's only like it's only like you know, five kilometers or something, but the, the difference is massive, like, you know, and yeah. it's amazing. Like that honey, I got three jars and nobody's getting it. Like only me. It's <laughs> <laughs> the perks of being a big giver. You can just get to like pick and choose what you do with your honey. And when <laughs> I was in Spain there, I actually had lemon honey and oh I had, what was the other one? Almond. I wasn't too keen on the almond. And as well, I think knowing the history of the almond thing. Now I don't know in Spain how it's done, but um, and then I got honey from the mountain and it was phenomenal. Like it was deep, dark, thick, viscous. Like I think I know now from tasting honeys, like the qualities and stuff, like the lemon honey was nice, but it was nice, you know, with the yeah. mountain honey, like it's the same here. Like when I tell people about the heather honey, like this stuff is like so unique, so potent and the highest, most quality honey in Ireland, like like it's a ama- even when you take the spoon of it, like you know, even by the spoon, it's just yeah, it's amazing, you know. And so I'm really happy to hear that he hasn't um had any reaction since. You know, that's amazing. Oh, it was an amazing turnaround. Like it was incredible. And, and I actually I met a girl as well last week. I was doing a little market thing, and I had the honeys there and like bits of the beehive and the girl came up to me she's like oh you know what she was from Poland and she said that she had like um kind of some kind of issue with her leg on the skin like a sort of um autoimmune thing you know mm-hmm. um and it was it was really bad like for a few years and she said like she went to this apitherapist so the apitherapy is like using the products of the beehive using the different sensations vibrations all the different parts of the beehive to for healing and um she basically had a, a, a practitioner administer the bee stings and sure her leg was cured that's over, amazing over time like you know first you'd have like a small bit of a sting from maybe one bee and then you'd increase it over time just to manage reactions because some people do get big reaction mm. um but it's all medicinal like so i'm not surprised he's good you know i'm happy yeah. yeah like and the the number of people that I've I've since said it to like my nieces would have a bit of hay fever so 
I was straight down the shop. I was like, get that into them, get them a little tablespoon each day. And I think they're, they're, they're grand now as well. Like it's, it's mad what you'd kind of overlook for the sake of taking a tablet. I know. <laughs> I know it's crazy. And like, I even, I was in, um, I don't know, the sauna the other night. Um, I'm joined one and there was a lady, an older age lady. And she's like, oh, honey's very expensive. So there was a young girl asking me, she's like, oh, I want to get that Heather honey because it's so like demanded, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then the lady just kind of pops in and was like, oh, it's very expensive. And I was kind of like, it's not jam like this isn't marmalade. Like this is the work of millions of flowers and millions of bees. And it's like that disconnect again. Like if you know what honey is, you're you're not going to say it's expensive. Like even yeah. if I saw honey for 50 euro, I'd still be like, well, fair play. You know, <laughs> I know I know the price, the value and the work, you know, and it's like it's so undersold so undervalued you know and it's just when I hear people say that I'm like they don't know they don't know yet the value you know yeah they kind of compare it to squeezy honey or fake honey or jam or marmalade or you know yeah but Um, yeah it's just I think you're starting to see a shift in people kind of getting back to recognizing the value and the worth of these things yeah um yeah, we just hope to see it keep keep going that way because, yeah, as you said, you know, once once you actually get kind of connected into and like even just seeing the bees mm. in the garden and just focusing in on that, like you just get such a bigger appreciation mm. for the end and, product. And we need wildlife. And I think that's part of the disconnect as well. Like when we look at Ireland and we look at the land, like I look outside now and I can't really see much. Like I can see hedgerows and ditches, but where are the animals? Like where are the wildlife? And I think that's part of the disconnect. So when I see all the bees buzzing and going crazy, it's like oh, wildlife. I'm connected, you know. Whereas when we look out and we see a flat land and nothing, it's like it just harnesses more of that disconnect, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we want like, to see life we want to see forests we want to see you know all of it and it's like where is it you know yeah I mean like even just going back to the like the garden there um so during during lockdown we were living with my parents uh for a while while we were saving for the the house here and um in their garden like I was just going out constantly with uh bird seed and mm. all sorts wound up with a load of birds a few squirrels that would would actually like come the whole way up and like didn't didn't bother them that you were in the garden so once I moved out here I was like right we start again and we've I think we're getting close up on uh, 30 starlings out in the garden uh, that just live there and all sorts of other things so like some of my friends come over and they're just like it's just mad like mad how much wildlife is out there and I'm just like well they're they're kind of everywhere and that's kind of how it should be really I know (laughs) I know right it's like you know this is actually how the planet is meant to look there's meant to be wildlife all over the place yeah you know um and I love that in the summer when, well, kind of love, but kind of don't when they're waking you at like 6, 5 a.m. I'm like, how are they awake now? Or in, or when they're, when it's the fledgling season and it's like half four in the morning and I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. But it's still, it still makes me happy in some way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because at the moment it's a little bit less and I'm kind of looking for that bit of life, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It always gets that. Yeah. It's that bit. But I think I think that's my own thing of accepting the darker season, you know, and it can't all be light and joy and light all over the place, you know, because I'm like, oh, now it's getting dark, you know, because I, I live for the outdoors, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's dark. I'm like half four. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. The, my only uh, my only perk with that is uh, I get to more easily get an owl sunrise swim. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose though it's again if you if we're connecting more with nature there's that kind of natural during the winter 
yeah. we should be taking it a bit more, taking it a bit easier and yeah, taking the cues from yes from nature, which I think I think we're all programmed to fight against that. Yeah, our society, <laughs> like Christmas, the busiest time of the year. Let's all get hyped and stressed and buy stuff. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're meant to be like kind of hibernating. Like, why are we going mad stressed? Like we're doing the complete opposite. Yeah. But would you have any, I suppose, um, for anybody listening, any tips for like reconnecting back to nature? Or even as you're saying there, like the cues, like maybe mirroring it or... Um, that's worked for you so things that I would generally do um, a lot of the time the easiest thing is if you have even just a tiny patch of grass near you whether it's your garden or if it's down the road if it's down the road you might get a few funny looks but ignore it Um, I would just whip off my shoes and socks and just go for a walk through the grass in my bare feet um just the grounding that you get from even a few minutes of doing that yeah and it just it pulls you straight back yeah it especially one of my favorites which my my brother in particular well actually he started joining me now he thought it was mad at the start but on a frosty morning getting out and going for a quick walk and your bare feet in the frost like nothing's gonna wake you up quite like that (laughs) um but just I think just even just taking a few minutes to sit in nature whether that's your garden down by the sea so I'm really grateful that we're we're living in Bray now so I can walk down to the beach to the seafront and I'll literally just I can just sit there and just listen to the waves just block out the rest of the noise um for me i find being around water is one of the fastest ways for me to get out of my own head just the sound of whether it's the sea a stream anything like that just that sound of moving water will immediately just knock the rapid thoughts on the head they'll all quieten down and I'll just be totally focused on that um but yeah like it's it's not you don't have to go out and do like a a massive hike or anything like that like that has they have their benefits like you're gonna feel so much better after doing them but it's just finding those little snippets in day-to-day day-to-day life just to just to try and reconnect. Um, it's so easy with your phone and things like that to just constantly be looking at a screen. Like even if you see people out walking, out for a walk and their face is in, in their phone the whole time. Um, like especially during the pandemic, I would just go out for a walk around the area and not bring my headphones, which is like unheard of around here. <laughs> Um and just, just and that's again part of the disconnect, like exactly because you don't hear it. You you don't even get to hear nature even when you're out in it yeah. if you have your headphones in and stuff like that. I um, mean, I do it for running and stuff because it pumps me up. But oh yeah, yeah no. If I was going if I was going for a run, there's no hope I'd get for anywhere if we didn't have something. <laughs> it pushes me on a little bit when I have those yeah. high high amp, <laughs> you know lyrics and whatever, but. Definitely being outside day to day, you wouldn't want to have your head inside and something. Yeah, like for ages, like um, when I was going to or from work, I was I'd walk there, but I'd always have had my headphones in, and I probably would have been checking my emails as I was walking there. Whereas um, now I would, well. First of all, like my work emails aren't on my phone, so I'm not getting them all the time, uh, which makes a big difference, shockingly. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I'm walking place to place, um, I'll just try and like even every every few times I'm out, just take the headphones out and just, you know, just be immersed in what's around you. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like a rebellion to go against 
all of the norm because we're like a herd we're all doing the same thing and it's like hold on if I step out of this and it feels like resistance you're like no put the earphones in no listen to that no yeah like no I just want to be quiet and it's you're going against you're going against not human nature but like the nature of society you know yeah yeah and it's like it's tough it's tough, but Until it's you so... step out of it, like, and then you're like, it's oh, so this is life. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I suppose, it, like, I, I'm I'm appreciative that I'm now in that headspace, but I do wish that it didn't take getting sick for me to really come back and appreciate appreciate the like what's around us um and like just hear people like a lot of the time if I tell people that I would hike a bit they'd be like oh I'm too unfit and I, I couldn't hike I'm just not fit enough I couldn't go up kind of bray head and I'm like you know I'm I'm not I'm not fit <laughs> But I'll get myself out and I'll get I'll I'll get myself up the mountain. <laughs> Just have to try and shift the competitive comparison mm. side of things where I'm like, oh, but that person will probably do it faster. It's like, no, no, just one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Controlled controllables, like do what you can. Yeah. Small steps. Um, and would you like to share anything about um Anything upcoming for you or that you might like people listening to know? Um, so as part of my whole recovery, I think we've mentioned that like I've I retrained to be a nutrition and health coach. Um, so my plan is in the next uh well, within the next year, so hopefully very soon, um to set up my own online possibly in person, a clinic for nutrition and health coaching. So basically my goal is to help people who are in a similar position to me. So either have a chronic illness um, and are looking for more natural lifestyle kind of ways of managing things or to even just prevent people from getting to this point. Yeah. Um yeah, basically, my whole aim is to try and be the person that I wish was there when I was going through all of my um, health issues. Um, and yeah, just basically share all the massive, massive uh, lessons that I've learned over the last the last few years. Um, yeah, and then you know, I'm going to keep exploring Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to tell us where your next adventure might be? Or do you have anything planned? Um, We've nothing booked at the moment, but... Are you kind of like last minute or would you plan? A lot of the time it's last minute. Okay. <laughs> um, if I'm going on a longer trip, we'll plan it. We'll plan it ahead. We'll plan out the route and stuff like that. But at the minute, County Clare is calling me. I haven't been to La Hinch in a while and the draw is getting strong. So I'd say it won't, it won't be long before we're uh, in the car and on the way down, we'll figure out, figure out where to stay. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. But uh, yeah, no, that, that pull for uh, sitting on La Hinch beach, listening to the wild waves. <laughs> it's calling me. Yeah. La Hinch is fab. Yeah. Um, Good surf there too. So yeah, thank you for coming on today, Neve, and sharing your story. And if anybody wants to find you, they can just go on to Instagram, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um on Instagram, it's Exploring Ireland. Um I've got um a blog, which is just exploringirelandblog.com. So um yeah, basically on most of the social medias. I haven't uh, haven't braved TikTok just yet, but mm. yeah, Instagram would be the main place to to get me. So, if you have any questions about anything Ireland related, do feel free to reach out, and I'll 
I'll, if, if, I, if I know about it, I'll, I'll get back to you straight away. Super. And would you like to maybe finish on a note by telling us what's your favourite, I don't know, mountain hike or place in Ireland or something? Um, Glendalock has a big place in my heart. It's uh, It featured heavily in recovery and stuff like that. It was one of my first big, big walks when I uh, got back out walking again. Mm. Um, just it's a completely different experience depending on the time of year. Um, if you go September, October during uh, rutting season, it's amazing. Like the colors and then just the sound of the deer. Mm. echoing through the valley like it's it's insane so that that's one of my one of my favorites but if we're going for a general hike um Kumshingon loop it's amazing incredible it's an incredible walk definitely it's I don't think enough people I've gotten to experience it yet. It's one of those, you know, you want to tell people about it, but you also don't want it to be totally crowded. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would top that as well. Um, yeah. It actually reminds me a little bit of Mangerton as well. Yeah, Mangerton, yeah, in Kerry. Just with oh, the wow. lake in the middle and the kind of round route, yeah. you know. Oh, I yeah. must give that a look. Yeah, it's fab. It's quiet. Well, it was quiet when I went because it was winter, autumn, winter. <laughs> Nobody going up there and you're like drowning inside in the ditches, you know, you're just falling into the ground out there. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So thank you again, Nia, for coming on today. And um, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you've um, liked it, please give it a share or feedback. I always love to hear from you. And as well, patrons, thank you for supporting. And if you do value this podcast and get something from it, please support on patreon.com slash catch And I will talk to you all very soon. Ciao.